We're live from the Oxygen Community Studios here on Burns and Gambo. Happy Thursday to you. Thanks for joining us. As always, Phoenix Suns, their sixth straight win last night on the floor. They beat the Portland Trail. Next up, Memphis tomorrow night. Yeah, good game. Kind of looking forward to it, even yeah. though Memphis, I believe, lost last night. Looking forward to that because Memphis is a young, up-and-coming team and maybe not quite the marquee matchup that's going to get everybody's adrenaline flowing, maybe, but a very good team out west and certainly a young and up-and-coming team. And so that matchup, I think, will get a lot of attention on it for the Suns as they play because the level of competition lately hasn't been very good. Of course, everybody for the last week, and it was it was it's crazy to think it was one week ago today, but it was one week ago today when ESPN's investigative piece on Robert Sarver with all of the allegations of misogynistic behavior and sexism and racism. When that story dropped, it was a week ago today. And then, of course, the Suns, very forceful, very strong in their denials, welcoming an NBA investigation. We had Jason Rowley on the show yesterday, Suns president. He said, absolutely, we welcome it, bring it. We'll be fully cooperative with it. Um, That investigation's a week old. Uh, News is kind of trickled in and out, you know, kind of... adding on to the story, adding certain elements to the story. And the story took a couple of turns today when it comes to Sarver and the Suns. And yeah. which which one do you want to start with, the apology or the story that ran on AZ Central Let's today? Let's start with the apology because I, I, I almost can't believe that Jalen Rose still has a job, I mean, after this. I mean, this is just uh, this is just something you absolutely cannot do. And ESPN had to issue an apology. Jalen Rose, apparently out of the country, Stephen A. Smith issued the apology on behalf of Jalen Rose. We want to clarify a comment that was made on this program last Friday. When we were discussing the Robert Sarver controversy, Jalen Rose made a comment that when it's time to pay DeAndre Ayton and you're calling him a lazy N-word, what's going to now happen is it's going to affect your product on the floor. As mentioned previously, Jalen is out of the country this week, but he wants us to make clear that he did not mean to suggest that Sarva actually spoke those words. And to be clear, ESPN has never reported that Sarva used those words to describe DeAndre Ayton. Jalen used those words to try to express his personal opinion that the way Sarva handled Ayton's contract situation was demeaning to a black player and would be perceived that way by other black players. Jalen recognizes it was a mistake, and we apologize for the miscommunication. That is absolutely one of the worst things that you could do. What Jalen Rose just did, you know, saying that that, that Robert Sarver used a racial slur, and I'm not going to say the word. You can look it up. I mean, the story is everywhere. Used a racial slur to describe DeAndre. People took that as fact. People took that as fact. Jalen Rose didn't, he didn't in any way hint that this was his opinion of what was said. When he did that on NBA Countdown last Friday, so what's today? Today's Thursday. Yeah, almost a week. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, for six days, there were tons and tons of people that thought that Robert Sarver used that racial slur to DeAndre. There was, I've had people ask me, is this the reason why DeAndre's not playing? Is DeAndre not playing because Robert said that to him? It was never said. It was a lie. It was an absolute lie. Yeah. And now you're trying to walk it back saying, well, I just meant to say that it was, this is how I, I interpreted it or how I would have, 
Man, you cannot do if you're Jalen Rose, you you should get in some trouble for that. Well, I, he he might have, and it, it, you know, is that the reason why he's not on the air? I I don't know, but um, you're right. It was irresponsible. That is irresponsible. You, you, you can't you just can't do it that way. Mm-mm. You know, if you're gonna go saying stuff like that, you have to be absolutely crystal clear about what it is that you're saying. And I would imagine that apology was one after the ESPN lawyers huddled up and they're like, yeah, no, we can't, oh, we can't have that out there, that? right? We can't have that out there. So, um, whether yeah, this that is has totally, this is, this has nothing to do with the investigation. This is somebody on that NBA countdown show with Stephen A. Smith saying that Robert Sarver said something he just never said. Right. I mean, that, I, I, the fact is, he never said it. Jalen Rolls kind of made you can't make stuff like that up. No, you, you can destroy people over that. You could destroy people over making and then letting it sit for six days and people believing it's true when it was never true. Huge, irresponsible by Jalen Rose. Yep, huge. And, and there were some people in the industry who were wondering when this apology might come down, and it came down this morning. I'm not sure what show Stephen A. was on when he said that, but the audio I just played was from this morning on ESPN. The other story to happen with the the investigation and the subsequent denials uh, and we're waiting on the the NBA investigation and in the allegations that were made by ESPN is a story that you had hinted might be coming um late last week I think it was on Friday yeah, or maybe I, even Monday of this week when I, you suggest, said said it might be coming yeah, I had talked to some of the people that are in this story too like like Jared Dudley and PJ Tucker and people like that and so I knew this story was coming um, and, and it was put out by Dwayne Rankin today of the Arizona Republic. And the headline of the story says, Former Phoenix Suns employees, Robert Sarver different, but not racist or misogynistic. So that's the headline in the story. And there's several people that are quoted in the story. Basically, what they're saying is that they've, they, 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 they were here for a certain amount of time. They never heard any of that language in the time they were here. Now, everybody was saying, do the investigation. Do you due diligence? Do the investigation. I can only tell you from what I know of him and being here for all those years, I never heard any of that. That's what you're hearing from. And who's in the story? You got Rex Chapman. Yeah, I was, I was going Lon through and Babby. I was highlighting the names. Lon Babby's in it. Jared Dudley's in it. Alvin Gentry's in it. P.J. Tucker's in it. Um, Rex Chapman and, and and Chapman's quote was the one that stood out to me the most. As a, not not that the others weren't reasonable or balanced, but I really it it stood out to me what he said. Rex quote: "I'm not calling anybody a liar. I'm not diminishing anybody's pain. I fully support getting to the bottom of this and having an investigation. I'm just saying, speaking from my personal experience, that from a race standpoint." I've never witnessed anything that would lead me to believe that anything he's done was malicious. And what I like about that is is that it clarifies, look, I, I'm I'm not in every room. I'm not privy to every conversation. I'm not privy to every right. single form of communication that happened. I'm just saying from my personal experience, what I saw, what I witnessed, I didn't see it. But that doesn't mean that employee X, employee Y, employee Z, that they didn't experience it. I'm just saying I didn't. And I and I thought that was a very reasonable balanced way of presenting it, you know? It's sure. it's very it's a very common sense smart way of playing it. I yeah. thought for Yeah. And rest. listen, the Suns are welcoming the investigation. I mean, we had Jason Riley on the show yesterday, the president, they're welcoming the investigation. Robert Sarver is welcoming the investigation cuz he, you know, he wants uh the truth to come out. He has denied the allegations of um, of the racist comments and the sexist comments. He admitted to 
a couple of things on there. I don't think any of that would would help, would have him lose his franchise, but the investigation will eventually tell us what we need to know. But I think what all of these players are saying, and you're 100% right, none of this happened when I was there. I never heard any of it happen. It's like, but is it possible that something happened? Maybe, but I was, I'm not there 24-7. Sure. I'm not there. But I can only tell you, and Alvin Gentry was here for a long time. I spoke with Alvin. I spoke with Channing Fry. I spoke with a lot of people. What, what, what some of these guys are saying is just like, I never heard any of that stuff when I was there, but do the investigation. Cause I can't like, I, you know, I'm not going to buy a yeah. house payment. I, I just, I was there for seven years. I never heard anything like that. Yeah. What they're basically saying, it didn't happen to me. No, nope. that doesn't mean it didn't happen, but it didn't happen to me. And, and like I say, it's a lengthy story from Dwayne over at azcentral.com. Yeah, did a good job with it. And uh, a lot of quotes from a lot of different former employees who work there, um, as part of kind of balancing some of what we read. Last year, the investigation, to your point, will tell us everything we need to know about what's going to happen with this. We turn our attention back to football. Hassan Reddick makes his return to State Farm Stadium on Sunday. What has he accomplished for the Panthers since he left? And would the Cardinals be open to having him come back since he's a free agent? We'll get into that coming up on the Burns and Gambo show. Back in the spring during free agency, Hassan Reddick tweeted out to his former teammates, coaches, and to the fans of the Arizona Cardinals. To my guys on the Cardinals, I appreciate you all and wish you all the best of luck this season. And to the Red Sea that believed in me since day one, you will be missed and will always hold a piece of my heart as one door closes, another opens. See y'all soon. And Hassan Reddick, with that, signed a one-year deal. At the time, it was reported to be worth up to $8 million, and I'm yeah. sure there's some incentives in there. But He misplayed the market. He just misplayed it. Sure. Like he, he wanted $12 million a year. I know the Cardinals were interested. I believe the Cardinals made an offer, but it wasn't around $12 million a year. I think he misplayed the market. Remember, he signed later in the week after you know a bunch of other guys had already signed. Like, but, but, and, so, and he got but, but six, six and a half million up to eight with incentives, like you said. Right. Um, which is probably right around what the Cardinals were offering, but he wanted more money. He wanted about $12 million a year. That's what he wanted, and the Cardinals weren't willing to go that far. And, and I, I tell you, and I will speak for you on this one. I'll just speak for myself. I never wished to son Reddick any ill will. Uh, I just wasn't ready to give him... I was glad to see the Cardinals didn't give him a lot of money because, quite frankly, I think Hassan Reddick had a lot to prove. I think Hassan Reddick had a lot to still show. And, and I, I think being a little nervous, if I'm being honest about it, with kind of the Jordan Phillips experiment... And how, you know, signing a guy to a big money contract after he just had one year of being really good and the other years of being very mediocre, I just didn't know how much money I wanted the Cardinals to fork over Hassan Reddick. So off he went. He got a one-year deal, very much a prove-it deal, very much a, hey, we're not quite sure what you are. He's proving it. And he's proving it. He's got eight and a half sacks this year. He's one of the NFL leaders in the sack category. He's been very, very good. And I would imagine given that it's now two straight years of him proving it, he's in line to get that kind of contract that he thought he was probably owed a year ago. He's yeah. going to get it this well, offseason. I think you're, you're 100% right. Ne he wanted 12 from the Cardinals. He didn't get it. The Cardinals did make him an offer, I believe, but it wasn't anywhere near that. Now he's done it a second year in a row. Now he can get 10, 11, 12 million dollars a year. Next year he will get, in that he could get 12 million dollars a year. And what I'm saying to everybody is I would not rule out a return of Hassan Reddick. I would not rule that out. I mean, the Cardinals have, you got a J.J. Watt injury and you've got an old Chandler Jones. You need a pass rusher. He's young. He's 27. You know him. 
One of the things about about Hassan Reddick was he could get the sacks, but one of the things that you early in his career was blown assignments. The guy would blow assignments. And that was the knock on him is like, yeah, he can get you two sacks, but he blew three assignments and gave up all, you know, 70 yards on those three blown assignments. So that's the thing you got to look at. And if he's cleared that up and he's got better, he's much better as, a, as an outside linebacker. I would not rule that out. I do think that, that you, you, you might be looking at, do you pay Chandler Jones or do you pay Hassan Reddick? Part of it, too, isn't even Hassan Reddick's fault. Part of it is that the Arizona Cardinals tried for a couple of years to make him an inside linebacker and it just didn't take. It just didn't take. It just it just wasn't who he was. It wasn't who he was about. And and once he found the role that he was good at, he flourished. Now yeah. it kind of happened almost accidentally in the last year with the Cardinals, almost out of necessity because Chandler Jones got hurt and they kind of had to put him on the he outside had to play rush linebacker. And, and he it, he played it very very well, obviously to the tune of like we said, twelve and a half sacks. Now, let's again be honest: five of those came in one game. You know, so there, there's always kind of that to balance out too, okay, right? Well, you're gonna have to same do the same thing with Chandler Jones this year. That's, How many you know sacks what? did he have? Fair point. Five in one that's, game. That's fair point. But he only had four in all the other games. Like you just don't know. You just don't know. And, and and at the end of the day, you want that production. Now, if you ask me, I depending on how much Hassan Reddick costs. I'd probably 10, rather oh, 10 have ten to twelve. Okay, and depending on how much Chandler Jones ends up getting, <laughs> okay, um, I'd rather have Hassan Reddick just because he's younger. Because he's younger, and I feel like he's more of a known commodity now. Like I, I get it. Chandler Jones, in terms of his, Chandler Jones, is one of the best pass rushers of the last fifteen years in the NFL. You're right, paying on what you think they're going to do going exactly. forward, exactly. not what they did previously. And, and I worry about his age, and I worry about how that impacts his effectiveness. Whereas Hassan Reddick's going into the prime of his career, and because he followed up a good year with another good year, I feel like he's be, he's crossed that territory now into. A little bit more of a sure thing than he was you. a year ago. I, I don't disagree with you at all. I think that's why you can, you know, last year you couldn't justify paying him $12 million. Now you could justify giving him $11, $12 million a year because he's done it two years in a row. He's 27 years old. There's a five-year age difference between him and Chandler Jones. Chandler's going to want more than that. He's going to want... Now, Chandler, I think... Is he going to get it, though? I, mean, I, I don't think he's so. He's going to want it, but I, I, I don't know if he's going to get it. I, I think Chandler, you know, Chandler's number, we'll see what his number is, but I think he's going to want more than that. That's what I'm saying. I think Hassan Reddick is five years younger, and I think he could be cheaper than Chandler Jones. So you tell me, who, which guy would you rather have next year? I, want, I would rather have Reddick. I'd rather have the younger player. I would rather have the younger player who's starting to really come into his own. And listen, he, he might be a 10-sack guy, 11-sack, 12-sack guy from here on out, where Chandler could be on that decline. You know, I'll give you a good game every now and then, but I'm just, you know, I'm going to be missing in action in some games. Now, Chandler's still got plenty of games left to prove that he is still a premier pass rusher. But right now, we're looking at one really good game where he had five sacks uh, against Tennessee and then one other game in which he's had a sack. That's it. Uh, he is sixth in the NFL in sacks right now with eight and a half. <laughs> this number I read on ESPN today. 42 edge rushers are making more money than Hassan Reddick is this year. That's a stinking bargain right there. You talk about, I mean, it, it might not quite be the same steal to the level of a Marcus Golden and the Cardinals. I mean, that's what, a two-year, $5 million deal? Golden did the same thing. It's a, that's an interesting point on Golden. Golden, I think, overplayed the market, didn't get what he wanted, and the Cardinals brought him back. 
I think the same thing. Reddick overplayed the market, didn't get what he want, went somewhere on a one-year deal, and I think there's a chance that he could come back. I don't know if it will happen or not. I'm just saying I don't be surprised if there would be interest because he's a premier pass rusher and the Cardinals are going to be looking for a pass rusher. I'll be curious to see how much he gets because according to this story, the top five paid edge rushers in the NFL right now yeah. average about $24.8 million. I think that's what Chandler wants. I think Chandler wants numbers similar to that. Now, if Reddick wants that, if Reddick thinks he can get that, he won't get that. I don't know if he can get that here. I don't know if he's going to get that here or not. He's not getting twenty four million a year. I think. I think you know. I think he can get twelve, half that. Yeah, half of what the top five pay for a guy who's sixth in the NFL, who's had what twelve and a half sacks last year, eight and a half this year, so twenty one sacks. In the last, uh, just going off the top of my head, 22 games, 23 games, that he gets half of what the top five paid edge rushers in the league get, I think he might get more than 12. Maybe a little bit more, but but you, you get to a number 15, 18, 20, he's not going to get that from the, from the Cardinals. Well, I'm just saying he might, his agent might go around asking for that, and he might be more inclined to get that this offseason, given that he's had more consistent production over two years. If the, look, if the top pay, the top five paid edge rushers in the league are getting twenty five million dollars a year, I'm not saying he's going to get twenty five, but I think he might ask for more than half of that based off if of his you production. Say, if you put an over under at fifteen, I'm going to say under. I think he gets under fifteen. Okay, I think he's somewhere in that twelve million. I don't know where range. I'd put the over yeah. under. I just I know if I were his agent, I'd be asking for a lot more than half of what the top five sure. paid edge rushers are getting in the NFL. Well, now, I know that's what I would be that doing. Or not, you know, I don't know. Again, I'm, one of the things with, with Hassan is he can get to the quarterback, but a lot of the other assignments, that, that's why it didn't really work here. I mean, a lot of those other assignments, he would blow assignments, and he's a good pass rush linebacker. That's yeah. what he's good at. If you leave him at that, you know, but he can't do, well, some of those other great pass rushers are good at stopping the run, and they're... He doesn't have some of that element. I've got a stat here in front of me that suggests he's better at stopping the run this year. He's still not great at it, but he's better at it than he was before. Um, We'll see. Well, that's a reason to bring him back to that. And that's another reason to bring him up. Uh, Absolutely. We'll see if that is even an option. We'll see what kind of havoc he wreaks on the Cardinals this upcoming game. When we come back, that depth in the Cardinals' backfield is starting to get thin. Could the void be filled in the rushing attack by one of the wide receivers? That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. Now, at this point, it might be a moot point when it comes to the discussion we're about to have for the next few minutes, because it just might not apply this week, depending on what the status of Rondale Moore is. But so we welcome you back to the Burns and Gambo Show. Happy Thursday to you. Thanks for hanging out with us. Um, A, a really interesting suggestion. And I'm not going to lie to you, Gambo. I think I've heard this one before I can't remember where I can't remember from who but at some point you know all the prep work we do for the show I think I read somebody who suggested this somewhere there's a story on the athletic today headlined they aren't rookies anymore Javante Williams Michael Carter and Rondale Moore to receive more touches and it makes the case player by player why Javante Williams Michael Carter and more to our purposes Rondale Moore why they need to get more touches. Okay, we'd all love to see Rondell Moore get more touches. It was how they want Rondell Moore to get more touches. Can I read this to you here? Yeah, please. Because this, this is really interesting. 
In week nine, the Cardinals leaned heavily on James Conner, who rushed for 96 yards and two touchdowns. That said, Arizona will need a speed back as a changeup, and Eno Benjamin, who had a solid performance last week, simply won't do. Look for Kingsbury to get the ball in Rondell Moore's hands, not just on jet sweeps, but as a traditional tailback on an outside zone and crack tosses with Edmonds out of action the last few weeks. Or for the next few weeks, I should say. I don't dislike it. I like what I saw out of Eno. So I think that Eno is is earning that opportunity to be the backup running back. I don't think Rondell Moore is ever going to get 10 carries in a game, but... Can you get him two or three or four, and you know, put him back there and let him, you know, let him do a jet sweep or something? Sure, I mean, you could you could have him on reverses and double reverses, and yeah, I, I could see Rondale getting a couple extra touches because the kid's electric, and you know, he, his ability to, you know, to break it. That one big play early in the season, he got wide open. You have to wait for the ball, but I think we're all waiting to see that play where he breaks it from the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I, I think it's coming. It's I mean, coming, Because right? yeah, in space, like, he just makes so many guys miss, and he's so fast, and he can accelerate, and he's so strong. I just I just looked it up, all uh-huh. right? Take a guess. How many carries do you think Rondell Moore has so far this year? Ten? You're close. Eleven. I was just curious. I was curious to see how many he already had at this point with a healthy James Conner, with a healthy Chase Edmonds. How yeah. much have they been using him... In kind of that, and not a traditional handoff. Those are mostly jet sweeps and things like that. But I was curious to see, and on those 11 well, what, carries, what were you thinking before you looked at it? Six. Five. Okay. I, I thought, I mean, they've played, what, nine games? I thought fewer than once per game. I didn't realize he averaged more. I mean, if they've played nine games. He's got 11 carries. He's averaged more than one quote-unquote carry per game. I would have thought it was less than that. You've got, a we- you've got a weapon like that. You've got to find ways to get him the ball, right? You got to find if it's that running back, it's that running back. If it's in the slot, whatever it is. The problem is that you've got all these other weapons that are good too. Now you got Zach Ertz to add to the mix. There's just so many weapons on the team, and you know that's a tough thing to do if you're Cliff Kingsbury figuring out how to make sure that everybody gets some touches. Yeah. Now the reason why this whole conversation might be moot this week, and okay. I, I, I led, I, I referenced that at the start, and I should have followed up on that. Rondell Moore didn't practice yesterday. Rondell Moore didn't practice today. And the reason Rondell Moore didn't practice is because of a neck-slash-concussion issue. So the whole thing might be moot for this week, depending on ultimately what they rule his status to be tomorrow. We'll find out tomorrow whether he's out or whether he's a game-time decision. It might not happen this week, but I'm with you. I, I, I think that with Chase being gone for a few weeks with what has been reported to be a high ankle sprain, I would have no problem at all with Rondell Moore getting three carries, four carries, five carries in a game just to see what you can do to get him the ball yeah, in like space. Say, say you, you know? want to get Eno Benjamin eight, nine, ten carries. Okay, you, you, you know, if, if you took one or two of them off and gave it to Rondell and you took one of Connors off, you could get him the ball three times and not affect anybody's carries that much. You could do that. He is a dynamic He's done I, I am I am Dynamic so waiting for that. Carrier. I'm waiting for that play. Cardinals have the ball on their 25 yard line. They throw him a quick slant and he breaks it for 75 yards for a touchdown. Like I'm I'm waiting for that because you know the second he gets into the open field, they're not catching him. No, they're not. They're not. And and I th- I think the suggestion came after one he, after he had one of his big games and we came in here. I still remember you were giving me crap about it because I said, oh man. They gotta get Rondell Moore 
more touches, right? And you're like, at whose expense? You know, like, yeah. like who are they going to take touches away? But now, it, it uh, when he gets healthy, if he plays this week, it's easier to justify getting Rondale Moore more touches because you don't know if Hop's going to play. I'll be curious to see how much AJ Green plays. He's activated, but is he? Do they ease him back in the way they ease Chandler Jones back in? I would imagine that AJ Green might be on a little bit of a pitch count going into this game. I would think, just to make sure he's got his legs and his breath and everything. No, the good, maybe the good news is that Wesley, the backup there, has proven to be a pretty decent backup. Sure, yeah, maybe you don't play him eighty-five percent of the snaps, but there will be. You know, I don't think no that the targets go down or the catches go down. It just you may take him off the field on certain plays. It all depends on his his lungs and his, his capacity and, and how he condi- feels. Right. Right. I mean, he played against Green Bay on that Thursday night, so it's not like, you know, he's gone all these weeks without conditioning. No, just- I, I guess I'm just thinking of Chandler Jones, who you know, admittedly said he lost like seven pounds when he had it and he came back and he wasn't feeling great right, right. away, right? And so, and so you gotta... Now, maybe A.J. Green's situation is completely different, and he's like, no, nope, many of them are. I'm fine. I want, let's, let's go. I can play full capacity. And, and, and look... <laughs> Call like it is, too. The last time we saw A.J. Green on a football field, he might have a feeling like he's got something to atone for I hope when he's not. on the field. I, I mean, I, I hope I hope that's not the case. Look, it was a mistake. Like, you know, you just can't dwell on it, man. He, like, he's a good football player. He's had a great career. Like, he's a Hall of Fame caliber wide receiver. I mean, I don't, don't dwell on that game against Green Bay. You know, Green Bay lost. You're still ahead of them. You're ahead of them right now. No harm done. Like it's like, does it suck? Yeah. Would you like to be on the sure? You would be. It's just you, you lost the game. Whatever happened happened. He didn't turn around. He didn't know the ball was coming his way. And I don't want him to harp on I, it. I look, not not that I'm suggesting he's got like guilt over it or anything. I just know that a lot of professional athletes, when they make a mistake, they want to atone for it. You know, when they when they've a lot of people, not even professional athletes. Sure, you just, fumble a football. Yeah, you, you you make a mistake. You make a mistake at your job. You want to atone for it. You know, yeah, you, like every time Eric presses the wrong button and you hear something. I mean, you want to atone for those mistakes, don't you, Eric? I go to bed every night. And yeah, I, you do. I ask for Gambo's forgiveness. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Every time he presses the wrong button and we hear something we're not supposed to hear, he, he wants to atone for that. He wants to make up for it. Everything you said there was the right answer, except for the part of begging. For Gambo's forgiveness, he's not the Godfather. All right, you don't have to kiss the ring. You don't have to. You know, no, that's, not never that told, that's not what they told me when I got hired. Uh. I had to do that. That was like requirement number two. It's turn Gambo's See? mic on and then kiss the ring. Yeah. Oh, I Burns, you never understood that. And I said to myself, "This is the business we've chosen." <laughs> yeah. With a little Godfather two there on me. Thank you. Yeah. I love it. Oh, I love it. I never got high enough to be the godfather. I was just... Oh. I'm going to make him an awfully gamble with you. <laughs> I was a runner. <laughs> you were a runner? I was basically just a runner. Yeah, around here. Are you the godfather around here? Around yeah, here, I, yeah. I don't... I, you yeah. know, I don't... I don't kiss the ring. I, I don't... I, I certainly don't ask for your forgiveness before I go to bed every night. That's for damn sure. That is for damn sure. Uh, hey, hey Gambo, I'm sorry I was late for that segment. We 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 got out of it a minute late. Will you please forgive me? Yeah, uh, no. Yeah. That, that's would you like me to do that? No, oh, yeah, I think you did in your first year working with me, but then you kind of <laughs> settled in after a year or so. Yeah. We kind of got comfortable. It took me a while. We got comfortable. Uh, We're fine now. There's no there's no ring kissing going on here. We'll see. We'll see what the Cardinals do with that. We'll see what their injury report says. Speaking of that, when we come back, 
Vance Joseph has not had the most success in his coaching career, but what has he learned as a coach to keep this team in check? That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. I'm laughing because I'm looking at social media right now. So Kyle Brandt on Good Morning Football, the show every every weekday morning on the NFL Network. Once a week, he gives out this this scepter, right? It's like this. It's like this trophy, basically. A scepter is. I'm, I'm trying. Yes, to I've it. seen it. You've seen it, okay? Yes. Right? And he gives it to the the angriest run of the week. Yeah. Right. So he decided that Eno Benjamin's 21 yard touchdown run was the angriest run of the week because he just absolutely trucked. Drake Kirkpatrick. This thing's going to the desert. Go Guys, Sinsel. we got two running backs with the Cardinals who have a scepter. We got Connor and we got learn his Say name. Eno Benjamin oh, one more God. time. Shady, I love it. Adams, Peter, excellent job. If you want this thing, if you want, you know where to get it. Now come and take it. Angry runs. Boom. See you next week. <laughs> so, so today, the Arizona Cardinals on their Twitter account Took a bunch of pictures of Eno posing with the scepter. No way. Yeah. And oh, Ky- I got to see this. And Kyle Brandt retweeted it and said, these are the best scepter picks ever taken. With a bunch Where can of- I find it? The card was on the, the, car- the, the era- Go to Kyle Brandt on Twitter. Actually, Mark okay. Dalton on Twitter uh, tweeted it out. Oh. At cards Mark D. Uh, best scepter picks taken oh, ever. Man. And, and Eno just looks furious oh, as he's holding this. Damn. <laughs> Uh, Mitch, make sure you retweet this from Burns and Gambo. It's That's fantastic. Good. That's good. So Either- is that the real Scepter? Yeah, I believe that is. That's the real one. I, I imagine they... Uh, hey, would you rather get... I think I heard that it was broken at one point when it was passed around this year. Oh, really? Year. Wow. He's, the Scepter got broken? He's got the Scepter now, and he's posing with it. Looks would, good. Would you rather Angry. be... Would you rather be run over like Drake Kirkpatrick or posterized like when you get dunked on? Posterized. You'd rather be posterized than run over? Yeah. The posters last forever, man. Posterized last but you forever. you get to be on the poster. <laughs> You're on the poster, but would you rather be posterized or trucked? I just think that mm. it's it's it happens more often when you get posterized. Okay. And so it's more explainable. It's more excusable. I went to go block that dunk and yeah, that guy. I, hey, I tried. You know? Yeah, but the look on those, when you get posterized, you look like, I mean, you're just physically just dominated by some guy that's jamming the basketball down and you're falling backwards and your hands up in the air and uh Mitch second posters po- are second, bad. Second poll question. Would you rather get posterized or get trucked? Which one would you rather be? I'd rather be posterized. Which one would you I pick? I think I'd rather be trucked. I mean they're both like you I, I think I'd probably rather get trucked. Really? Because it doesn't last as long. Like there's like there's no memes on that. <laughs> there's a scepter. There might okay, not be but a meme, but there's, but nowhere there's a scepter. Is, nowhere in there is Drake Kirkpatrick. Nowhere in there is Drake Kirkpatrick. He's not even mentioned. No, but, but a posterized. You get posterized. You know, you get like that. That that picture lasts forever. Do kids even hang posters on their walls anymore? Is that is that? Do they, I have posters. I don't have NBA posters. I just, on my I, I'm curious. Like, like we we talk about a guy getting posterized. Mm. Do, do they even? The kids have posters on their wall. Andrew Wiggins posterized somebody last night in the Warriors game. I mean, ab- I think it might have been Carl Anthony Towns actually. Right, twice. That's right. He, he posterized him twice. 
Does some Golden State fan now have an Andrew Wiggins poster hanging in his room of Wiggins? Well, that's not made that quickly. I, well, I, that, that's kind of what I'm saying. I just don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, Do you I, remember going to the stores and going through the poster racks? Oh, yeah, of course. Do you remember them? They would oh, just like, they, they just go through rack after rack after rack after rack to find the one you wanted? 100%. I yeah. mean, like, I, I, I don't have those anymore, w- do they? Um, poster racks. No, not really. Like you, I mean, a lot of it is online. You know, right? If you want to order a poster online, you can do that. Yeah, the racks they have, like the they have them at Target and Walmart. The, the racks, do they poster racks. Yeah. Do they? No well, way. I don't know how you guys remember the racks, but so there's two options. There's just a rack, and the, all the posters are rolled up, and you have to look at the little tiny picture to figure out which poster is no. which. There's the, there's the, or there's the like movable, the giant sided. It's like yes. in front of you, right, where you're flipping the those pages, still exist. except the pages are yes. those still exist. Yeah, there's a record store by my house. I go in there every now Zia? and then, and they have no, no. It's a smaller one than that. It's called Grace Records, and they have they have like music posters that you can buy if you want, or movie posters in there too i just i don't know i don't know if because i i what kid i mean like the bo jackson poster where he's got the shoulder pads but the bat dude my buddy bobby mack had the greatest brian bosworth poster it was called the wizard of boz (laughs) do you remember the wizard of boz i I remember the wizard of boz oh man wasn't it and bobby was our linebacker so Bobby had was so it, he was loved he, Bosworth. Was it in an Oklahoma jersey or was it with the, when he was with the Seahawks? It was Oklahoma. Okay. The the the, the Wiz, I believe it was Oklahoma. I can't I the I remember Wizard seeing that Boz poster. Yeah. Cuz it's it's little known fact as a kid growing up, I was actually a Seahawks fan. And so when Boz went to the Seahawks, I was really, <laughs> was really excited about that. Yeah. Until the land of Boz. Okay, that yeah, was it. it. The, the land, of Boz. the land of Boz. I remember that poster. Yeah, I, might, dude, I can't I believe you remember that. Had that poster? No way. I was a Seahawks fan as a kid growing up. Don't ask me why. Long story, but I was a Seahawks fan as a kid growing up, and you know the Jim Zorn teams, the Steve Largent teams, the Kurt Warner sure, yeah. with a C. You know, the, the only the, three guys I know from that team: Steve Sh- Largent, <laughs> Kurt Warner, and Jim Zorn. I can't name one other player from the. Can you name one other player from Jim Zorn, Kurt Warner? And um, the the wide receiver. Brian Bosworth, Steve Largent. Steve Largent. Name one other player. Dave Craig. There you go. Oh, Dave Craig. Dave Craig. Jim Zorn was the quarterback. But then Dave Craig later was the quarterback, and they were good under him, too. Yeah. They had a couple of really good years with Dave I just Craig. remember those three guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we we, uh, we kind of we spent, ended up talking about the posters quite a we bit. We angry ran away from the segment topic. Uh, on yeah, a little bit, but, but it happens sometimes. Vance Joseph, I'll just play this for you because I promised it to you. Good teams have to adjust in the second half, and that's what he thinks the Cardinals will do. I think the good teams in this league in the second half of the year, you know, they don't, they don't stay the same. You know, they adjust before they have to adjust. That makes sense, you know, because the good teams understand that it's going to get harder each and every week. You know, teams have two months of film on you. You know, so the good coaches and good staffs have plans to adjust before they have to adjust, and that's what good teams do. <laughs> I really actually like that. You know, we, what, what do you like about it? I just because it recognizes that what you were doing a month ago isn't good enough, it's not good and, enough. and that you have to keep changing what you're doing because eventually teams will adapt to you. Teams will figure out what you're doing. They'll see it. and You got to change it. Can't run the same thing week yeah. after week. Got to nope. keep adapting, keep getting better, keep changing. And you discover you discover things as you go along, too. Right. You discover certain players that can come in and help and play. And, you know, you've got to use your depth and you, you just figure out ways to advance the, the defensive system you're playing. Same with offense. Anyway, I, I, I apologize because we were supposed to talk about that soundbite earlier, and then we just kind of fell into a conversation about getting trucked, getting posterized. Would you rather be posterized posters. or would you rather be, would you rather be trucked? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have different opinions on it. Yeah. 
Because the, the one thing about being posterized is, man, you like it lasts forever. You get trucked. They're like, we're not going to see a meme of Drake Kirkpatrick on the ground after you know Benjamin ran him over. The only one that I remember is when Bosworth got run over by Bo Jackson. That lasts. That'll last forever. That lasted for a while. That lasts yeah. forever. Yeah. When Bosworth ran over. When Bosworth got run over by Bo Jackson. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show today was one of those days that what our what that what was our top story was not our top story when we got on the air. That's because moments after we got on the air, Odell Beckham Jr. signed with the Rams. We'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo show.